New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Happy Can Sunday. Good me? to see you. Can you hear me? Good to I see you. you. I think we got the mic stuff figured out today. I feel like we spent an adequate amount of time, like seven to eight minutes of mic checks before we started today. I think is plenty for us going, to ensure. That's like throwback. That's like right? the good old days when we used to test things out first. Yeah. Exactly. Lazy. I, well, we both like I got a new desk. You got a new house. <laughs> so. <laughs> both of our setups had been changed and that was the problem. So we're back on track. Um, You know, great, uh, great content, great, great um, interaction from the guests and the, or the, uh, the sorry, the listeners last, uh, last week, we had a lot of great comments, a lot of great stuff. And one of the comments was, Hey, why don't you guys get Adnan from ACAD modular? And I bet you and I bet you they thought we wouldn't take them seriously. Never. never. I bet you they thought like, oh, these guys are too like, you know, they got plans. They're organized. They've probably got schedules booked for the next eight weeks. Well, Well, and Adnan is far out of reach for a show like this. For a show like this. Why would he want to hang around with us on a Sunday morning? But guess what? What? We got him. He's here. He's He's waiting. Is he in the waiting room? He's waiting patiently to get on this show. Don't delay. Don't delay. Let's get Don't him on. Delay. Here. Get him on before he runs away. Let's go. Yeah, press the admit button, and then I gotta put faith in something else. Boom. Look at that. Look at that background. That's a nice ad for a modular home. You know, we're gonna see talk all about those, that. We're gonna talk all no. We're gonna talk all about what province is that built in. Yeah, where's that? <laughs> that looks like a rendering to me. Yeah, where's that? No, some sort of computer. That's in Decentraland. Mm, modular homes <laughs> in the metaverse. <laughs> it's kind of like how modern how can you get? Be. Yeah, how look, modern it, can it, you get? I heard steel prices in, in the oh. in the metaverse are up too. Adnan, <laughs> welcome, oh, gentlemen. Welcome. Here we go. Hello. Oh, Adnan. thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank, thanks for joining us, Adnan. Um, we were just oh, talking wow. about last week. You know, somebody made a recommendation for you to be on the show. We made oh, it really? happen. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. It was an Here anonymous internet uh, commenter, but uh, oh, really? they, they said, uh, you know, you've got you've got the the stuff we want to hear, so we we listen to our our listeners. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I'm always up for talking about modular and everything related to it. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. No well, we're yeah. we're right in the show already. We're we're here. We we start recording. We like really candid conversations. So we're happy to have you. I'll give you a little brief introduction. Uh, so Adnan's from uh, he owns AdCAD Modular uh, and uh, mechanical engineering background. Lots of planning experience and a specialist in you know modular homes and, and struck, uh, construction of, of that type 
And uh, we want to hear all about it because we had a great guest uh, from the planning department. But, you know, mm -hmm. he's limited in his, uh, you know, purview on the whole entire process. You've kind of mm -hmm. got the, the final finishing touches on what needs to be done after the planning um, framework has been put in place. How does that actually happen? And that's what we're hoping to talk to you about today. I will do my best. <laughs> I'll do what I can. I, this is I, best I can. I'd love to know why you think modular, like I was trying to do some research on modular um, mm -hmm. just for the show to see what kind of articles I could pull up. And it just seems that modular has such a bad reputation or it's like linked to, you know, uh, housing projects and like cheap buildings and stuff like that. And I mean, I know that's not the case and I, I, I'm sure people that know, know it's not the case, but the media certainly puts like a not positive spin on modular at the moment. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I'll try to answer it the best I can or simplest that I can. Um, so in the 10 years that I've been involved in the modular industry from a design perspective, from a sales perspective, from uh, doing turnkey, I've worked in, I like to think in all the main aspects of modular. And one thing I learned is, is that um, modular right now, as it sits, it's two things. The, the methods and technologies on how things have been, are, are getting done in modular have advanced a great deal. Uh, compared to the previous uh, way that they're being done. And I can get into that later. And then also another thing is that I found is that people that were, people that I would say that were going up promoting this previously uh, were kind of over promising, under delivering what it actually is. So what I've always said to my to my clients and to everybody is that they talk to a previous sales rep from another company, we'll say, uh, and they say, well, we can save you 40% of your costs and 60% of your build time. And then I walk and I say, well, no, it's actually about 10 to 15% of your costs and about 20% of your build time. And it's, it can't do everything. So, uh, so why I say it can't do everything is because certain people try to build this big fancy mansion with winding staircases and a modular method and they run into issues simply because the layout of the home isn't quite ideal for modular 100% or ideal at all. So um, the way that modular is done is that if, if, you didn't, if you didn't design the structure in mind with the intention of going modular with it, you're gonna run into issues. And naturally a brand new construction method that can, people are viewing as, as can potentially make traditional build obsolete, they're going to be a little bit more critical towards that because there's a multi-billion dollar industry built behind all that stuff. And for me, and it's not, that's the furthest from the truth. It's not, it's what it is, is literally an alternative building method to what, for what we're trying to do. So I've made things out of containers. I've made things out of basic stick built modular. Uh, I've made things out of base metal frame. Uh, I've, um, so like I've worked on them on several different aspects, but the projects that I've done in, in terms of uh, it all had the, the met, like when I take on a project on when somebody says, here's, here's a row of townhouses I want to build out of Manja. 
but it's not going to be done. It can be done in modular, but the pricing is not going to be exactly what we want it to be because the design isn't exactly ideal for modular. So I, I don't know in terms of why the media is kind of panning it and saying that it doesn't have a good reputation. It's because they're focusing on one job out of 40 that went successfully. And that's just my opinion. I don't want anybody to jump on me. So, so just but, to sort of yeah. add in, just to sort of start at the beginning, because I know that there's going to yeah. be lots of different people listening to this. What's the definition sure. of a modular home? Well, it's not just homes. I say structure because it can be made structure, for several sorry. different things. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm doing two 40-foot containers right now that are going to be turned into a row of bathrooms. Uh, and another two 20-foot containers are going to be done as an addition. So, uh, so the definition of modular uh, structure basically is that a structure that's been done off-site, meaning it's, do, it's done indoors in a uh, temperature-controlled environment. It is, and each module before it even leaves the plant has to have a CSA or Intertech certification, which is a uh, which is a specific code within the Intertech broad spectrum. They do a lot of things slash CSA. Uh, they have a specific code for modulars that all of them have to abide by the the wall envelope and the flooring envelope and uh, all that. So. That gets done off-site and then it gets sent on a, uh, basically gets put on a truck essentially, and it gets taken to site where a crane meets it on the other side and it sets it into place. So it's modular off-site construction methods basically is, is uh, the best way to, between modular and traditional. But if it's a permanent instruction it's done modular, 90% chance you won't even know once it's finished. It's just an alternative method to build something. That, that's the best easiest way to split. I think shipping containers get confused with modular, right? They, everyone thinks of it, mm -hmm. you know, it's always going to be shipping containers and that's the mis misconception. And, 100%. um, you know, like Viceroy homes, right? Like they used mm -hmm. to build some sweet homes out of an amazing reputation. And I think revolutionized the, the prefab mm -hmm. industry in Canada, you know, 50 years ago or whatever it was. Correct right. me if I'm yeah. wrong. Um, yeah. And, and they, they have a great name today. And when people, people I have a Viceroy home and like, it's very well, well represented, mm -hmm. right? So yes. um, I think there's lots of different solutions. And I guess that's what we want to get to the bottom today because there's obviously yeah. a housing crisis, apparently. That's what people yes. are saying. And yeah. we want to know, like, you know, how possible is it? We've got all these city of Toronto planning initiatives, like multiplex studies, garden suites, lane waste housing. Like what, what is the solution? Mm -hmm. How is it going to be solved and you know how does the, how do modular homes fit into that picture, right? Well, I, I can't speak on the housing crisis itself because I really don't know exactly how the housing crisis itself can be solved. But what I do know is all that right, we got to just can, call the we got to call yeah. the show. All right, all right. I thought that's what we <laughs> no, were I, sorry, I, I, we, we we heard you had the answers, Adnan. All right, so yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I do. But what I'm saying is what I can speak upon is what the is, hell. <laughs> no, what I can do is talk about is how modular can help solve that problem. So uh, uh, so basically, one of the things is how it can be done is um, my company has set designs for laneway suites. It's a set price. It's done in a, in a specific way. And it's uh, the way to do it essentially is to find a alternative construction method to fill in the void for that uh, for that housing crisis. So you have a person that's making $60,000, $70,000 a year, we'll say, and he can't really afford to buy or rent anything in the city anymore. Well, not at least, uh, you know, one bedroom or two bedrooms in certain areas. 
so what it is with this laneway housing is an alternative that it's a small 16 by 20, we'll say, uh, laneway structure that's finished really nicely. And uh, it is uh, going to be minimal. So it's going to be uh, really like fold out tables and fold out couches and things like that within that structure. And that's going to be something that can be offered as a starter unit. So basically a starter unit before you jump up to the one bedroom, I think is the best way to do it. So we should offer to the, what I'm trying to do is what my company does. We're trying to offer to the general public. If you can't get a one bedroom condo right now because of the housing crisis, or you can't rent one or you can't, whatever the case may be. And it's not just Toronto, it's happening mostly in Southern Ontario now, uh, then, okay, well, we can, there's this option, which is, so we need to create a lower, basically we need to create a new introductory new home model to the public. So if we have a first time home buyer that can only get a mortgage for 200,000, let's say, you can't get anything for 200,000, not even in London, not even in Windsor anymore. So this can be the void where they can have that 200,000 as a start, and then from there, they go from that to a condo or whatever have you. Explain, explain that. So how? What land yourself. is Who this owns on? the land? Yeah. yeah. So we're, would this be a family member's property? Is that what you're saying? It could be on a family member's property. So let's just say a person has a shed in the back and they want to kind of section off their piece of land and they can uh, replace the shed with a 8 by 20 or 16 by 20 uh, uh, structure that would be a garden, or garden suite or laneway, kind of like a garden suite, correct? That could be their introductory model where they actually are yep. building equity in that, uh, or they can get into a land leasing uh, deal with, with with a homeowner, which I think that I'm seeing that You're where seeing people that. are actually, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing where people are actually going to a homeowner. Okay, I just one in London actually, uh, I just did last week where there where somebody's looking saying, okay, I want to lease a section of your land, so uh, so they section off a 16 by 20 area. As long as they have the parking capacity, they put a, they drop a modular unit on there and they're building equity in the modular unit itself, but they don't own the land. So they're actually building the unit, dropping it on there. They're paying their land rent to the owner of the property and they have something wow. there where they're building uh -huh. equity in and then they later on sell. That's one thing. Hold on. You're uh, saying that yeah. that you're, you're assuming that the modular structure appreciates without it, the land component as part of it? They you could, could sell your potentially. You could sell the rights well, yeah. to the lease later on and say, "Look, I got a land lease on this property." The lease, that... the lease might be worth something, but doesn't the house depreciate over time? Sure. Yeah, but but the, but the lease rights, you could say today the cost of entry is two hundred grand, but in fifteen years, yeah, maybe you got to fix up my modular home now, but I still have the rights to this ninety-nine year lease or whatever it is, and you can take over it and move in. Just give me three hundred grand. I mean, there's a. So what if they sell in, the in property? That does the lease then you move? Well, what happens with the lease? You could, if you got well, a ninety-nine year lease, it's still it's still effective too, right? Well, that's one issue. Or you can actually just dismantle it and move it somewhere else. And, and, and have that. that. So either way, you'll have a place to live. Yeah. So right. uh, that's another option with it. So in terms of land appreciation or depreciation or the unit appreciating or depreciating, um, it, it all depends on the situation. But if you have somebody that needs a place to live and is very limited in options, they can build one of these, put it on a property, lease a piece of land off the person. And if they sell the property, they can move it somewhere else. And then maybe at that point, they can uh, do some sort of thing where they can buy the land or same thing with laneway suites. If somebody has a garage in Toronto, downtown Toronto in the back, they can make a deal with the person potentially or the property owner could just build it himself. 
but potentially they can go to a property owner and say, hey, I want to build two of these. Uh, I have a 16 by 20, two shipping container, little apartment here. I want to put it on your on top of your thing and make a laneway suite. You know, how much do you want every month? And again, this is one specific scenario. Another scenario is uh, the homeowner just makes something on top of his garage in Toronto and leases that unit out for X amount. And then the property owner makes more money. At the same time, he's offering a, instead of a $1,800 a month, one bedroom, he can offer a, making a number up, $1,100 a month, one bedroom in the laneway suite. So that's two avenues that I'm finding um, that is getting some traction where somebody's saying, look, I got my daughter here. This is the situation on the, somebody has their, their daughter, they can't afford to buy anything. So they're going to build a unit in the back and lease uh, the section of the property to his daughter. And she's building equity into that structure. So That's what I'm seeing uh, the most too, family members, yeah. you know, living in the backyard. Yeah. And they're building something really nice for them that they're building equity in. how much equity that is an assessment property that, that all depends. Uh, sometimes people have lost, uh, like I'm not going to sugarcoat, some people have, have lost values in certain ways of trying to do this, but that was for a sales office for a home builder. That's the only time I've ever seen anybody actually see depreciation in one of these units because yeah. he was done selling all of his lots and uh, he just sold it for 30 cents on the dollar just to get rid of the thing. But whether it's legit depreciation, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a real estate broker or, or, or anything to make that call, but. I'm just going off of what, from a technical perspective, in my background. Definitely possible. That, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, if you don't do do it right, then yeah, you could be spending more money than uh, you're gaining back in equity. Uh, but yeah. definitely for the right buyer, a solid laneway house or garden suite or whatever it is that you're able to put together is is going to mm -hmm. add value for sure. So, right? yeah. so, I, when I, so I think we, we're, I, I, I need to make a distinction or I get an understanding because when I, when I, from what I know about modular construction, I think there is a big difference between modular and offsite construction. Offsite construction sounds more like what you're talking about, where you, you'll build what somebody wants offsite and kind of cart it onto the site with a crane, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mo modular, I think, is more like, you know, there's like set sizes and shapes of something in the factory pumps out the same thing over and over again for a specific project. Um, like, um, one's like the same thing. One's just no, but one sounds more custom, right? Like one, what, yeah. one is custom and one is like, you, you don't have customization because these are the boxes that we produce and like, go make a design. I, I know that there's very close but aren't they different animals? Like one, one sound to me, what, what you're doing sounds like you're kind of approaching things as like a less expensive solution to build a house. Whereas the modular is probably a solution to get more housing out quickly. Um, so the modular and offsite construction are the same thing. Uh, modular uh, means uh, pertains to the actual specific modules, which is a section of the building that you're doing. Excuse me, is a building that you're doing, and offsite construction is the methodology of doing it. So there is no real distinction or difference between the two; they're the same thing. Uh, modular units is pertaining to the specific unit, and modular offsite construction is the method to do it. 
So custom or pumping up the same thing, it's the same methodology of doing it in the plant, essentially. This, so, this is uh, nothing new. A hundred years ago, all the Victorian style homes were shipped in these you know, packages of houses yeah. from England. Yeah. And they would say, put this together this way and you will have a yeah. house that looks, that's why all the houses look the same. You know, exact same. Yeah. Those are mass produced. Um, the Dutch, uh, well, the Dutch, in, the Dutch invented this, as far as I know. They've been doing it for the longest time because Holland is damp. It's below sea level. They had to come up with ways to be able to build foundations on solid ground and ship it out to where they're trying to get it to. And then they said, well, why don't we just build the rest of this house this way? So you can find 60, 70, 80 year old modular townhouses and row housing in Amsterdam if you, uh, today. So it's not anything new. Uh, however, the new methodologies have come a long way with how things have been done back then compared to now. So IKEA um, should get into housing. If IKEA was making houses, the housing crisis would be solved. It would just be well, well, put it together. That would be modular. <laughs> yeah. See, that would be modular because that would be yeah. like you have only four choices and put it together any way you want, but you have four choices and it's pre-made. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I uh, with your uncle Bill, he'll just put together the house just to, you know, yeah. don't screw it. You might, there might be some missing pieces. So, so what is your, what is your ultimate vision for what modular could be? Not, okay. not, yeah. Like I, I feel like some of the companies are doing things, you know, cause they need to make money rather than what their actual vision of their modular business was. Like, for example, when I picture, modular like i picture like a factory like robot arms making the same thing over and over and over again pumping them out like like a tesla gigafactory and it's mm -hmm. like okay fine like they're very similar to each other but you can pump out a ton of them and maybe the cost of construction isn't less but the time is less the interest on payments is less like there's savings and the timing is just like so much faster to pump these things out and put them together but like i'm not in modular so like what is your ultimate vision for what modular construction should be based on all the technology that's already even out there now yeah well, Daryl, first off, you're, you're very, very accurate with what you just said. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, some have the robotic arms and are punching everything out and doing. You're absolutely right. That essentially is uh, what it is. It is a manufacturing-based type of building. It's not a construction-based type of building. So you're absolutely correct there. Um, and my ultimate vision is it's, it's twofold. Um, I'm trying to create and I have been for the last 10 years, a uh, new technology pertaining on making these things cheaper, put together easier, and being able to ship all over the world. Uh, I'm actually working with a not-for-profit co um, uh, uh, company right now that actually specializes. We're trying to do pop-up communities for disaster relief. Um, so that's one thing we're working on. And the other thing we're working on is I'm doing everything from new public housing uh, I'm also doing it for, uh, so for me personally, what my ultimate vision is, is to be one of the people to offer alternatives for somebody who's looking for a place to live. Uh, because I myself have been in a situation where I was living in downtown Toronto and it, it's rough sometimes because of how, how massive the expenses can get, uh, if you're living there. So for me, I, I'm looking at it in a way where somebody needs a place to live they want to start their life 
and they have a option that where well maybe i can buy two of these things put it on my uh, put it on a piece of land or somebody's property and i can at least have a home and i can build some sort of equity into something to start me off and then i can move up into the housing market for canada outside of canada and north america my vision is there's a village or a town that needs new housing and new infrastructure because it just got wiped out by a tsunami then that's when the uh the uh organization that well i'm specifically working with itts uh foundations they're out of georgia but they traveled all over the world uh they they would go in and say well we need 500 of these things and x country um you know send them over so that's my alternate thing because i also previous to mantra i was in renewable energy for 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 a long time well for about five six years so now my vision is to have my grand project is to literally travel the world reconstruct things that need to be reconstructed have a temporary or permanent home solution to people who need it self-sustained housing solar powered and uh solar thermal and uh and solar uh, pv for these and we're basically building brand new communities that got wiped out or people have been displaced due to war or, or whatever the case may be so that me personally for my company that's my grand vision uh is doing that is awesome. giving somebody a means to be able to start somewhere and uh and at least they can say well i don't have five hundred thousand dollars to buy a condo right now but i have two hundred thousand dollars maybe i can build one of these and build some sort of equity so that way they have some sort of collateral so when they do save up their money they say hey i have this and i have this much in the bank can i get a mortgage or a loan for this five hundred thousand dollar condo well great yeah you can so in a nutshell that's my grand vision of this and that's what i've been trying to do i love the renewable, renewable energy part too because oh, there's <laughs> so many yeah that's a great uh background to have for modular yeah. homes like what a solution to solve if you could actually be able to create um more sustainable housing in areas that yeah. have a hard time with sustainable housing because of different yeah. you know issues energy and um waste and politics ways this that yeah. the other I've, I've traveled to several countries and and that's what really made me say this is what i really want to do and then when home here in canada you saw the housing crisis go haywire and then i sat there because prior to the housing crisis and to doing what i'm doing uh, in modular i was just doing sales offices for home builders i was doing camps for western alberta uh, I was doing uh, through uh, through a larger company I was working full time for them. Uh, I was doing that prior to this. So I kind of came across this and branched off and started ACAD Modular uh, almost three years ago uh, because of all this stuff popping up. Uh, my vision of going around the world doing this and, of course, uh, doing this uh, here domestically from the private uh, real estate uh, market. And it's been successful, hopefully, so far. Uh, we're launching a 10-unit uh, geared income housing uh, in London, Ontario, with a, a holdings company uh, in London, Ontario, called Farmore. Great sort of visionary people. Uh, we're, Wait, we're explain doing what that. that is, sorry, gear, gear to unit. What's... So gear to income. So basically what we're doing is so we're building a 10-unit yeah, apartment building, rental units, where the government puts in a certain amount of money towards the rent and then the client puts up a certain amount of money towards the rent to pay the total rent. So uh, government guarantees 30 or 50% of the overall rent of the units. And then we pre-qualify people where 
they have lower income, but they have income nonetheless to where they can put up the other 500 or $600 a month for that one unit. So uh, we're starting off with about 10 units on a smaller property. Uh, so we're doing like a micro, uh, micro modular development, we're calling it. And there's other properties that we're trying to do, but I'm working with far more holdings on that. And we're, we're hopefully going to have it shoveled to the ground at some point this year. So it's a lot of preliminary stuff, but what, that's what's, what we're doing. What size is the property that holds those 10 units? You'd be surprised. The property is about 60 feet wide by about 200 feet deep. And we configured, it, we configured oh, it in a way where we can put 10 units in there. Yeah. Each unit's small, by smaller. How small? Uh, so we, uh, eight feet wide by about 40 feet, uh, about 40 feet deep. But we also have a second kind of a um, uh, loft kind of a thing up above. It's going to be another uh, unit on top of that. So, so eight by 40 main and then eight by 20 on the upper floor, each unit. That's We've dipping container? Uh, shipping containers, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, eight by Ex forty, then a twenty-four. Explain the process to us. Right? What? So where is the savings with using a shipping container? Well, before all the COVID stuff went haywire, there was savings with you know, using a shipping container. But the cost of shipping containers went up, but the savings is time. Uh, the, also, the savings is um, you already have the structure ready, so you just do your notches and your cuts, and then you start putting in your studs and everything else that needs to be done. Um, so the savings is time, ease of ease of uh, fabrication, and as well as you can save uh, with the shipping containers so long as you get a decent price on them. And Don't you have to can... still frame the inside and then clad the outside? Like what? Correct. And reinforce yeah. them to hold some weight, or these are only one story? Like, don't they well, have to they're... be able to hold a snow load or something? Yes, and that's what my, what my company does is we do all the design engineering behind it for the specific purpose, as well as our uh, our shop is the fabricators, and that's what that's where CSA comes in. That's where the CSA standards come in, where they make sure that they're they're actually pretty stringent, just like the building codes, and we still have to abide to the building code, obviously. So they have to hold a certain snow load, and they have to do, and you do have to reinforce them. Yes. But sometimes you do sometimes where the base frame of the, of the container is sufficient if it's a single story. You just put a roof on it and uh, you clad in, put the studs on the inside. What is the container doing? If you're putting the studs, you're still putting the cladding. What's the container doing? The container is acting as the actual structure and uh, the studs and the, and the cladding is all insulation. Oh, it's adding as the structure. Got it. Right. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, always wondered about that. What the hell was going on there? Why you have oh, to yeah, no problem. That's great. So no, okay. the container basically is the core structure. That's what's taking the weight. That's what's right. distributing the load. It's yeah. distributing the load. Okay. And what All do right. you put yes. a do you put it on like a, a slab or are you building actual basements if it's in Canada? Uh out of this method. So but if you use a the... container, do you have to put like a full I you guess you need a foundation. Yeah, you got to go four feet. You, yeah, well, depending on what, what you're doing. If it's a temporary thing where it's only going to be there for a year or two, you can do a, a precast block with gravel. So, and then you do something called duck bills. So, what you do is you strap it, and then that goes four foot deep, and that prevents uplift. And uh, if it's a temporary structure, uh, if it's permanent, then you go four feet deep with the slab or basement. So, uh, yeah, you still would need to do that. Great. So this project in London, um, mm -hmm. you're going to 
obviously create the foundation, whether mm -hmm. whether it's going to be the slab or, or the other way that you're talking about, drop off all mm -hmm. the shipping containers, and then the guys are going to stack those in order. And then mm -hmm. construction starts, start framing up the insides, doing what you need to do on the outsides. And so that's um, all done before it gets to the that's site. That's all done beforehand. So uh, the, okay. the procedure with this is, okay, so we get our building permit. We're done all the site plan approvals and all that. We get our building permit. We say, okay, we're ready to build, get our building permit. Guys go out the site and start doing the foundation and start preparing the site. At that time, same time, the, wow. the units are being constructed indoors somewhere. Okay, that's and time ready. savings. Do you have so like a warehouse already? Correct, yes. Just forget about the fact that it starts at the same time. Just not mm -hmm. having weather be a factor. That's also saves a, a ton of time, a ton yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. Huge. And, Controlled and they've done, yeah. And the people I've worked with, they, they've done traditional and they're like, man, this thing's incredible. It's the middle of January. It's so but I'm inside and I'm stupid. working on it. I, yeah. Yeah, I used not? to build custom homes and in the winter, it was the fucking yeah. worst thing ever. Oh, I don't even understand. Miserable. Why a framer would work outside when he could go work in a factory and do the same it. bloody thing. It's crazy. You're, you're right on the nose, Daryl. It's, it's exactly crazy. It. I don't exactly. get it. It's like, can you imagine if you bought a car and they shipped you all the parts and you made it in your driveway? Yeah. Like it, th this is the equivalent. This is how we build mm -hmm. houses. We ship all the parts and guys slug it out. And yeah. they don't even know what they're doing half of them. I'm not even joking because they're just like they're led by one guy knows what they're doing in a crew of four and they're building yeah. the houses for everybody. And then a guy yeah. comes in to inspect it to make sure it's good. And he goes, I'm not even kidding. This is a true story. Guy one day comes, he goes, hey, this is at the front door. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. OK. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You passed. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, so the, the, that's also touching on a big other thing. But sorry, I'll let you finish what you're saying, Daryl. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Go ahead. You go ahead. You're, no, you're our guest, no, today, and saying, we want to hear from you. Oh, so that's where the CSA comes in. Actually, even exactly what Daryl's saying, it prevents that because the way it is is that I'm going to walk you through basically. I'm just what it's like going into the shop. So you walk in and you literally see. Let's just say there's four units. Okay being built to make up one house, like one bungalow. Let's just keep it very simple. Four sections, you got four uh, units being there. We'll make them containers this time. They can be done with base steel, but we'll say they're containers. So let's say we've got four containers making up one bungalow being built. So at every single container, there's something called floaters, which is a checklist. That's a CSA appointed checklist where- What's it called? Flow what? A, a floater. So what a floater, floater means is something that's attached to the unit and it's a checklist with daily time stamped and date stamped pictures of everything that was done, along with a checklist, who worked on it, what was done. And all of this gets put together when the unit is finished into a binder. Now, when that binder is done, it has to be organized in a way and all the checklists get certified by my company, uh, get certified by us. Because, you know, my partner in this, uh, Dr. Lou D'Orazio, he is a huge Six Sigma ISO 9000, the whole deal. So manufacturing is, he has it down to a science. So he's a person that certifies the units. And if he's gonna flip through one page, and if he sees that a wall stud isn't done correctly, two months two months ago, we'll say, we'll say two weeks ago, he's gonna look at that, he's like, I'm not certifying this unit until he fixed this piece in the wall. So, and it, because CSA won't pass it because 
CSA is going to come in every single quarter and they're going to look through all of our books and say, uh, okay, this looks good. This looks good. This looks good. Here's your other round of tickets. So they only give you a certain amount of tickets ahead of time. And then they come in and make sure that everything is being done properly from the manufacturing perspective. So you have two levels of inspections before that thing even leaves the plant. So you're going to have one done certified by us. It gets CSA certified. It gets sent out the door. And then later on, even though it's installed and on the field, the CSA comes in and says, why is number ACAD 12-4, let's say I'm making a number up, isn't uh, that stud wasn't done exactly correctly. So there's checks and balances even on us on top. So you got the floor guys doing the work. We're doing the checks and balances on top of that. Plus the CSA every quarter comes and does checks and balances on us. So there's two levels. And then when it goes to site, the inspectors come and look at the stitch line and make sure it's done correctly too. So the inspectors are still doing their inspections, but they have more thorough information and they can look at everything and see, well, this thing is done really nicely, really good. The main line is done properly. It's level. It's set. The connections are done properly. They're going to look at all that, but they don't have to ask you to open up a piece of the wall because they have this big, thick binder and CSA certification showing that everything is done properly. Oh, so I removes, see. It removes oh, the human error. Why. No, yeah. it removes the need for the inspector to come during the process while they're Correct. doing it exactly. off site. But, but yeah. think, about, yeah. think about this too. Think about all the times that trades are miscommunicating, that there's a new type of, like a new model that's being built that's a little bit different. There's so many inconsistencies. This yeah. one just sets up like systems and processes that are going to be repetitive, but in a controlled environment, right? So each and every mm -hmm. time you're doing the same thing. We, I, I, we had a, a metal company growing up. I grew up in a metal fabrication household. And right. the systems in place are all very, you know, we had a hundred thousand square foot uh, building with a hundred employees and each person had a job and you're doing the same thing all day, every day. And so it yeah. was like, if, if you, if you have your job to check that part of the process, you know, you're going to have it down really pat and it actually will lead to yeah. less um, uh, def defects in construction, right? Because of that, right. this, this seems like the, the way to this, build houses and it feels right. Like this the is feels. I can't this is, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a step in the right direction, though, because I think that yeah. this is ultimately also, I mean, it may be more efficient, but it is nowhere close to as efficient as possible, even today, right? Like, I mean, imagine how many can, I mean, if you look at a typical condominium building right now, I mean, there's, there's no need for most of the model suite sizes unless they're like really just trying to like, I don't know, like you have to follow the shape of the site, but with there, there must be so many configurations and AI could figure out with, with modular construction to really maximize mm -hmm. a site in so many different ways. I mean, if you look downtown, yes. everything's just a big 90 by 90 meters square with like different balconies now on it, dressing mm -hmm. it up. And it's like the perfect, Correct. perfect thing for modular. I mean, it is. You, you don't even, I don't even think with modular, you'd have to break up each actual unit, but like you could just make like sections that just keep going up. It, it, it would be so efficient and take out all of the humans that have to be part of it. And just like a, like a Tesla gigafactory that that's how housing has to start being made soon. Well, so I know they have maybe that, I right? can, uh, maybe I can show you something because what you're saying, actually, actually, I can make it. You want to share your screen? I'm actually doing uh, doing a hotel. I'll share the screen. So we're actually building a hotel in the exact way that Daryl is saying right now. 
uh, we're building a hotel. I can't say the name because of, you know, I have a confidentiality agreement, but I can say that I'm doing a hotel and I can show you a simple thing to figure where each box, we're doing a 12 by 30 box. That's one hotel room. Yeah. One after the other. That's yeah. exactly how we're doing it. Exactly Hotels are perfect for it, especially yeah. like the, the less expensive, like typical, they just make a rectangle wherever they buy a piece of land, throw mm -hmm. up a bunch of these modular units and like you're done. Let there should me, be a uh, factory that has like units ready made, like sitting there waiting for people. Imagine you lived, stars? Hold on, listen. Imagine you lived in a condo yeah. downtown. Okay. You lived in like your 450 square foot unit and you didn't love the area anymore, but you like the area around the corner also built modular and you could like take out your unit from one building and put it in the, in the other building and just move around the corner, but still have your unit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> let me let me let me share the screen with you guys. Oh, cool. Adnan's a structural engineer. He'll tell you if. Uh, oh, that if could work. You could do it. I'll make that work. Yeah, come yeah, with my, me, yeah, TK. So, We're gonna do it together. <laughs> so uh, let me try to share the screen here without uh, your flying so, car. You would just hook up your flying car with the hit, yeah. with the with the hit, with the winch or the the, the toad <laughs> thing on yeah. the back of the car, and yeah. you. would Pull out your unit and you'd fly it over to the next fly it place. Over to the that next place that you want to go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's so let me uh, let me try to share my screen. Happening now. He's second, not buying guys. it, Daryl. He's not buying it. Oh no, 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 I'm buying it. You can definitely do it. <laughs> He's buying <laughs> I'm sorry. it. Sorry. It's, it's, and are secretly I, working on this project. You're this working is on our, it now. This is our the robots. party. Yeah. Daryl, we're 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 me and Daryl are onto something here. Right. <laughs> do you, can you see this by any chance? Not yet. Right. No. I did give you the Not capability yet. of sharing your screen, I believe. Yeah. Share. There you go. There we go. Can you see us now? Okay. We are so I just kind of zoom in here. So here's the existing two-story hotel that's going to be leveled and become the part of the parking lot. This is the existing parking lot. This is going to be a three-story motel. Now, if you could see here, you can see how they're kind of broken up, up to this point here actually sorry we're just doing the rooms on this one so you see how every room is exactly 12 by 30 12 foot 4 12 that's the materials the so hold on are you putting together the washrooms the finishes like everything yes. off site cool yep so do tiles so sometimes crack when you like move the unit from one place to another they can and if there's flexing but the way we're doing this one is we're actually doing it with a base that i custom designed a base steel frame so there's a base steel frame made out of a com combination of four by four and four by eight tube steel and that's getting made together to the point where any of those stress or crack points is being directly supported by the base frame and then we're filling it in with i-span for the ceiling and, and the roof and we're actually doing uh, metal studs for the side. So we don't have any, um, no wood. Combustible materials. So what does yeah. that mean? All four corners in the floor and the ceiling are all reinforced by tube steel? And more and more actually. So uh, like we're actually like, you know, right in here, which is the uh, riser for your plumbing and your HVAC. Yeah. So here, this, 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 that back part here, another one going across this way. Uh, another one going across. So all is the that how you connect points, them? You connect them at those points, correct? Right. Stack and connect okay. it in a way 
so that you uh, so that you stack and you connect them. So this is the second level. You can see the similarities, right? That goes on top, and that goes on top. Mass produced, yeah. Just yeah. These are all back. the point loads that I have are all being transferred right down to the foundation. So now all of the work is being done in a warehouse that you've rented somewhere near there? Uh, no, not near there. Uh, well, they're being combined actually uh, because of the amount. We're doing them in several plants. So uh, we have one in London uh, that we're doing it. And we actually are going to be uh, outsourcing a certain amount to because of the timelines are so tight. So ideally, we're going to be doing it in one plant. But the timeline is tight, so we're actually breaking this up and we're splitting it amongst five or four or five different plants where they're all going to be working on concurrently. So they're all done for May and then they all get stacked on site. By the way, I, I, I would love to invite you guys while these things are being built to definitely follow you guys along if you're interested. Yeah, I would love to have, have you guys out there and you can see it. And oh, I would love yeah. to come out to the site while they're being installed this year. You're yeah. absolutely invited for sure. Oh, so you go to a metal to fabrication company with your designs? Well, uh, so the metal fabrication company actually sends their stuff to the plant. But yes, yeah, so my uh, so what we would do is we would send out the um, uh, these drawings once they're 100% completed and done, which uh, right now I just show you the conceptual layouts, but we're working on the full drawing. We send it out to all the plants and then those plants send it out to the metal fabricators. Some of them have their fabricator right in house where they actually have a framer and they, but mainly the metal fabricators. They do it and then they send once the frames are done. They send it off to the plant and then they start putting the studs in the roof and the plumbing and the electrical and everything on it. So it's specialized. Done. Are you hiring like subcontractors? Are you hiring specific plumbers, specific electrician like companies and subcontracting? Or do you have all in-house people that are doing all this stuff? So um, depending now, some of the plants have subcontractors that they bring in because you need a master electrician to do something. Uh, and they're starting up, so they don't, not, they don't have the volume. And the other two that I'm working with have full-time guys. They just have them on payroll, they're master electricians, they're working and only doing this. So either or. So um, I have people that I've actually worked with where they're interested in building some units. And they started off kind of doing the process where they hired out the subcontractors. They got the building certified and they're starting up building units um, themselves if they don't have the volume. But Ideally, during the with the bigger people, they have full time guys in house. But awesome. My 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 method with this is a little bit different. Where I'm looking at, um, we do the design, we do the engineering, we do the CSA integration of all the units, we certify the units, and, and the oversight. The yeah, and the oversight of everything, and then the plants. However, they do it either with subs or full-time guys. Oh, so you're hiring out the, the plants that already exist to create the product for your client. Currently, okay, yes. got it. Just okay. because we're, we're about eight people in here, we're not a massive company, we're, we're, we're a smaller company. And I would like to one day have a huge factory uh, that's an ACAD factory pumping out stuff, but we're not big enough yet, uh, but we're, we're on our way. Uh, but uh, we sub the things out. We have our vendors that do it, but uh, we that do all of our work that currently build stuff that build the uh, the modular stuff. So, so now you said when you were showing us the plans before uh, mm -hmm. that you were doing the rooms only. So, does that mean that you're contracted out by another contractor who's doing like everything else? No, uh, we're actually hired by the hotel company directly. 
Uh, so, but there's somebody else that's building the foundation and everything other than the rooms. Correct. Oh, so that's a coordination effort. More comp- so- the more complicated stuff, right? The more unique. Oh um, well, we, detail. We, we pr- yeah, we propose to do the entire thing in modular. However, timing-wise, and the way that the, the lobby is done, and this is kind of going to bounce onto the. This is a good segue into my next thing. Um, currently, modular the way it is right now, for it to work efficiently and give you the time savings and the cost savings that you're looking for you have to have specific applications to where it works for it. So in this case, this was uh, designed prior to myself taking it on and the lobbying, the way that it is to do it in modular, it's gonna, it, it would essentially cost, the cost would go right up. More, and yeah. It's not quite, you're not gonna get quite the look that you're looking for without it costing a lot of money. Whereas it's easier to take 20% of the project, build it fully on site and then build the other 80% in the factory and get them send them over to the site. So right now, and I'm not the only person doing this. There's a, uh, the, uh, the Marriott in downtown Manhattan right now is doing uh, a hotel where 30% of it's done modular. And those modular units, those rooms are actually coming from all the way from Poland and they're taking it all the way over to New York and they're stacking them on site. So it's on YouTube actually, I'll send you the link actually. It's, it's the tallest ho- modular hotel in the world that's being built. It seems to me that the only thing wrong with the whole modular idea is the perception because it's like, it's like EVs. It's like the electric vehicles. It's like, why the fuck weren't those a thing so much like earlier? And I mean, some people know the story is that, I mean, the, the car companies and the oil companies suppress the technology that makes sense. But who the fuck is suppressing this? Like, why isn't this adopted? This, it, it makes so, like, the configurations you could do in a modular building are limitless. I don't think, like, with, with robotics and AI and machinery that exists today, you could pump out building after building that look beautiful and are better built and right. safer. And, right. and I think, one, can I tell you, I th- and I think I said sure. it before, I think that the the sales pitch from the modular companies is focusing on the wrong way of savings. And I think people are promising savings on construction and it's an outright lie. The real savings is the time, the time, the time, the time. Because when you pump something up six months sooner and you pay six months less interest on everything and you get people in six months earlier and everything closes, that, that is worth a ton of money. Not only you are that, 100% right. the ease of it, the ease of it, it yeah. just, it's, it's like mind boggling, but people don't yeah. know. And people think it's like for women's shelter housing and like, yeah. and, 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 but <laughs> yeah. it is because people are trying to pitch it as a cheap product, right? So when you cheap, yeah. pitch it as a cheap product, it gets adopted as a cheap product. And who the hell wants a cheap product other than people that can't afford exactly. a good product, right? Exactly. Not to say that it's not good. It's better than any other product. There's no doubt it about is. it. Right, it's, it's, you know what? It, you're absolutely right, and it has been perceived the wrong way. Well, it's the perception. My first, yeah, my my first year in this business, I sold one modular unit. That's it. The entire year, one, and that's talking to builders and developers and everything under the sun. They all had a negative uh, connotation about it. Except one home builder said, "You know what? Let me do it." He built it. How old was, was my he? First sale. Uh, the the home builder. 
He was in his early 40s. It was, uh, well, I, I guess I can say it's Falcon Crest Homes. Uh, a great who? Falcon Crest? Yeah, they were the ones who, there was my first sale, my first model. DeLuca? DeLuca, there you go. Yeah, Paul DeLuca and James, yeah. Paul They're and James, really yeah, yeah, I know them. Cool. So they were the ones who got it. They no said, way. you know what, I'll take a risk on this. I'll do it. So he did it. He got it built. He basically, the way they did it, he sold the one uh, development. Sold Hold on, what lost. did he build? What yeah. did he build? Uh, he just custom homes. He still wasn't doing all of it modular. He just, just the sales office was, that's all. Oh, I see. So, okay. and I remember during the time, like, yeah, if you go on my website, actually, you could see still on my website. Uh, oh, is that his? Okay. Yeah, that's his that. on my website. You could see the one with the top tier, the two thing. And that's the Lucas. That's his. Well, was. Then he ended up selling it to, to another home builder after he finished everything. We took it apart and now it's in Alliston. They took it apart, shipped it on trucks, took it out. And now it's in Alliston. Cool. So, so that was kind of neat. And, and like I said, he didn't sell it for a profit, but uh, he he ended up selling it, dismantling it, and took it to an. And usually it's it. garbage. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. usually it's garbage. He that was yeah. a great deal for him. Yeah. yeah. So what? How we made it? Why it wasn't garbage is because we did a custom concrete uh, Q deck flooring design because that's the number one spot that it gets rotted out is in the floor. And what we did is we uh, did it in a way where it is a male female fitting, so it's a self leveling. So even if you take it apart. There's a fitting where it's kind of like, uh, kind of putting it crudely, but it's like a spinning like this, the other one, and it kind of slips in and it locks in, and then it gets bolted in the floor from the top, and then you cover that. So, and the rest of it was wood framed mixed with steel frame modular. So, and it was beautiful. It was high end. It had a chandelier in it, the whole deal. It literally looked like it wasn't modular once it was done. And that was my first one that I ever did. Uh, and that was in 2013, early 2013. But for about a year, nobody was, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is nice. Well, I'll let you know, whatever, whatever. So that one was, that one kind of made me kind of, that kind of launched me to, and this, then I did other ones. We did one where uh, we did it all out of steel, like what we're doing at the hotel there, and uh, with a concrete queue deck, and we shipped it across country to Jasper, Alberta, for a sales office in Jasper, Alberta. Had a working demo unit, it had a working, uh, demo kitchen, the whole deal in there. They sold out in the, in the within a weekend. Every single unit in Jasper. Uh, so it was it was it, that was another really really good one. Um, so that those were the first two big ones that I did that I was doing back in the day. So, but nobody was really looking at it for houses or anything else during that time because of what Daryl was saying, the perception of it. But the perception, I'm telling you, yeah. So, but yeah, do you feel like it's company, like? Do you feel like it's starting to get adopted more now? Absolutely. Like more yeah. than I've ever imagined. Let's just put it that way. The laneway oh, sweeps, wow. sweets is, has helped that perception in Toronto. That's a that's been Huge. a big area. That's that's exactly yeah. where it's coming. And now the garden suites, which we didn't have a lot of time to talk about today, because I know mm. you've got a planning uh background as well, too. You know, you were on uh planning council, I believe. And uh the Toronto planning review panel. I was a panelist, I was selected, and I was yeah. very honored. I served two two-year terms. Uh we met about uh, 10 times a year, 10 to 12 times a year. Yeah. And I did it under uh, first Jennifer Keys, Matt. The second one was under Greg Lantern. So does that mean that you're, very uh, are you an engineer or an architect? So my background is mechanical engineering design originally. And then my specialty is renewable energy and modular structures. I don't have a planning background. However, I was selected because they were exploring the laneway suite option. They were support, uh, exploring other options and they needed myself as a uh, member of 28 others. Uh, further input on certain things. So I didn't really have any say over, yes, this is a good project or not. It's 
what's your opinion on it and give us some feedback that was mainly what yeah. I, so the laneway stuff uh was my the bigger thing that i was really like into during that time and that's what really uh gave them the mindset where they had like a showcase uh downtown and uh at city hall at one point and they were exploring the the whole modular option for the laneway suites because the issue is it, it, you know getting back there if they were if they were doing traditional construction and launching going crazy with the laneway suites traditionally they would clog up and cause so much traffic and congestion in those laneways right. so they saw this as a just overall ease as yeah. a great idea because it's a one-day install they put it in there it is as long yeah. as you're lower structures reinforced properly they put it on top you hook up your, your power excuse me and uh, the rest of your services to it and uh, off they go so so there's two areas um, now there's two areas now so one is the garden suites that's coming up but also all these like mm. office pods and and things like that mm -hmm. where people are yeah. trying to find an extra space on the existing property that they have right Correct. so yeah. can people come to you so if i came to you and i want turnkey laneway suite obviously garden suite when the legislation's all mm -hmm. passed, uh, office pod, mm -hmm. all that, you, you yes. can handle it. You're correct. Yes. Right from, yep. from the ground up. So we take it from yeah, A to Z. We basically do the entire thing. Uh, we design it, we engineer it, we certify it, we get it built for you, we get it delivered and installed for you. So we can do an entire turnkey for a laneway suite, for pods, for, you know, uh, any of that part nine stuff we can, we can definitely do. And total um, time, total time on site. Give me a range. Okay, so let's just see. We did a home edition in Etobicoke. Uh, this is going back a few years too, like six years ago. Uh, but it was a while ago. It was a one single room to go on top of a rear part of those older row houses. So the house was only interrupted for two weeks. So in only two weeks, they had to leave the place. They came back. They had a fully functioning, fully passed home edition, as opposed to three months traditionally. And they have a hole in the wall and everything just haywire. So, but the only thing that made people think, well, why isn't everybody else doing it? Is because some people, for some reason, this is the hardest thing I'm finding with the general public sometimes who are looking to build new is number one, they already kind of have a preconceived notion about this isn't a way to go because they like having the mindset of I ordered my wood, they see the wood on site and they see it being built. I ordered this and they like to see it come to site and being built. They still have that mindset, whereas dealing with modular, you're giving a big chunk of money to a factory and you can walk and see it, but you're sitting there for like two or three months waiting for it to get done. We'll say, I'm again, making up, in, let's just say, you know, two months. You're waiting for two months and then all of a sudden within a week, you have a full house done. But, but during that two months, people are having a hard time wrapping their brains around, well, what do you mean you're building it in there? What are you talking about? How yeah. does that... How does that work? And that's where I'm finding the, the, the not frustrating, but where I'm doing the most of my kind of not, not a pitch because I've seen and done so many, uh, but just kind of helping them get through. Well, you're ordering all those things. They are coming into the plant, but the thing is you're going to a plant where it's done precision and you can look and you can see it being built in a factory, just like you can see if you order a brand new car, you're not going to be driving it for a month, but you can see it coming down the line in Detroit. Let's just say, for example, you can see it coming down. It's the same kind of thing. So they got to kind of get away. That's the thing is they still have contractors, up though. It's also the contractors. Think about it. The average yeah, guy is not Adnan. The average contractor yeah. has no idea how to do what you're doing. Correct. 
So he's yeah. going to say, this is what my uncle grandfather showed me and I'm going to wing it. And it's going to take this yeah. much time. And that's just who most people know. The average person doesn't know a mechanical engineer who's working on modular homes. Who's got, that's just not. Well, you know, I, I, well that's a good point. And, and of course, and I'm not here to try to take the biggest things I don't want to do. Is I don't want anybody to think that this is going to take away their jobs or take away their trade or anything like that. It's just an alternative way to do things. Instead of doing it on the site, you're going to be doing it inside of a we're short we're short on labor we're short on skilled trades yes this is necessary if this you yeah. know type of this doesn't style of construction that. doesn't start to be more widely accepted then it, we're it, never going to catch up yeah it right. doesn't change that right now it's the same it amount of people no the way you're doing it it's the same amount of people that would be on site they're just off site well, exactly. maybe there's a, they can do right. three times as there might be a couple less people because it's probably a lot harder to stand around and do nothing when you're in a warehouse with somebody watching you know like, they're building yeah. in, in in the, the time frame the, it's faster so it like faster. one one guy can build three times as many projects with the same amount of people he he, he can inside a factory yes you can you actually can because weather's not a factor deliveries are somewhat of a factor but you can buy your stuff in volume more you know, instead of buying for just that one house and waiting for the shipment to come in, you're buying for 10 houses and you're storing it inside of one of your rooms in your storage room. I need insulation. We'll just go in the back and grab a bag, put it in. And then so, again, it's we're taking the housing model, combining right. it with the production of a car type of a methodology. So I'm, I like to try to think of myself as a, I'm nowhere near this guy, but I like to think of myself as a Henry Ford of the modular industry. I'm trying to basically, my stuff is what I'm doing is that I'm trying to make this the Model T currently that's why i'm kind of coming up with a new alternative way of doing it with the base frame and the and 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 different ways of integrating it so that it can be done more precisely and it can be done actually snapped together quickly so the metal fabricator gives us the base frame i-span sends us our studs this guy sends us this everything is already done frames come in guys go in there and they start putting everything up and we start doing the floaters and the checklists and integrating and doing everything so currently right now canadian, we have canadian made yeah all Canadian made, which is also a big thing that I want to do. I have been approached by uh, so far three different Chinese companies that are interested in doing it. Now, not to say I'm knocking them or anything like that, but me personally, my entire career has been based upon stuff that's modular stuff that's been built in Canada. And I actually want stuff that's Canadian made because I want to export this thing. I don't want to import from China, do here. No, I want to actually build here and ship it up. So that obviously, of course, we want... Like I, I want to help uh, Canada be one of the main players in modular. Right now, the United States is as massive in the state, especially in the South. Yeah. But right now, I want Canada to be a bigger player because right now, Canada is home to ATCO, ATCO, which is the one of the biggest ones in the world, and they're based out of Calgary, Alberta. So, uh, but I worked for a company that built exclusively for ATCO. So I had at one point I had about like 15 guys working under me production guys and all that. And that was the person I was working full time. So this was prior before I started ACAT actually. Uh, and, uh, you know, and for me, I, I, have seen every different kind of scenario of modular. I like to think, uh, uh, in terms of how it was being built, but now I'm actually in a way is I want to start kind of just tweaking it and making it a little bit better, a little bit easier, a little bit, just like with everything else, right? Like we start off the Model T, now we got Teslas on the road. Same it's, kind of deal. I'm just trying it, to. It's pretty crazy though. Like I'm thinking, yeah. I know subdivisions now, they will buy wall panels that are pre-manufactured mm -hmm. and they'll buy floor panels. And 
Trusses yep. have been a thing forever. Oh, they, but these are all just like, like, why aren't they just tying the wall panels, the floor panels and the trusses together in the factory and bringing that to the site? Or at least putting mm -hmm. the walls and the floor together. And it, like, I don't understand. It's like the slowest adoption of all time. And it, I don't know how um, the, yeah. how does a big developer not make sense of like, okay, like there's a family room kitchen piece and there's the living room or office piece. And then there's mm -hmm. the garage piece. And there's the first floor of every single house that's ever been built in the last 20 years. Right. And then the second floor is the same thing. Here's like one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom, boom, and a roof module and you're done. Why isn't that happening? I don't get it. Anyways, Adnan is going to do it. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Adnan, we're, yeah. we're, we're at the end of the show, and I want to have time for you to kind of give a shameless plug here. Where, where can people sure. find you? Well, you can uh, find my uh, number one website, uh, www.acadmodular.com. So A-C-A-D-M-O-D-U-L-A-R.com. Also, my phone number, my email is on there. Um, People think, you know, we're, and also our office is in Brampton. Uh, my company, as well as our partner company, Archie System Inc., I want to give them a plug because they're our partner company in here, who still do uh, general architecture and engineering services as well. We were actually voted in the top three architecture firms in Brampton this past year for 2020, so I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, you can find me there. Um, also, uh, yeah, my website uh, and um, and uh, social media uh, uh, at ACAD Modular on Instagram and Facebook. You find me there. And also, uh, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, my house is in Brampton, and you can find me on my website and uh, all that. And they stuff. knock on your front door. Is that, is that, they be can knock on my wall on COVID, <laughs> but, uh, but they can uh, uh, hopefully once we open up again, uh, we can, they can knock on my front door. I will gladly talk to anybody who's interested in this and we can, uh, you know, uh, have all our information for them here. And then once our units are being built, I can actually take them to the plant and see and show them units that are being built. Amazing. Currently. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned Next a lot time. today. Yeah. I hope I hope I did yeah. a good job. I know other people I, have I, too. It's, it's uh, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge and you seem to be a, a pioneer well, in this space. You. And I think that thank that's you, what people you. want to hear. And that's, we, we talk yeah. about this a lot. We've had people, kind of brush on these topics in the past. And I think that mm -hmm. you're the, you're the guy, you're the one who's actually doing it and, and pushing oh, the thank you. envelope. Uh, so that's great. I'm Next. very passionate about it. And this is what I truly feel. This is something I, I'm very passionate about. It's something I'm, I'm literally, you know, uh, trying everything, putting everything that I have into this to make it work. And I, and I think it will, you're going to see lots of cool stuff. I very much would love to invite you guys once the hotel units are being built to come and check them out and come see them and then uh, give you a better idea we'll record a show to. we'll record a show from the uh installation live. site live we'll do our hey, first absolutely yes yeah. welcome to it. yeah that'd be cool you can All see right, them cool. while they're yeah, absolutely that's coming this year man so we're we're literally getting everything ready uh, i would say Holding by this time next month you can walk the plant and start seeing stuff Beautiful. Uh, well, me, TK, and about 78 other people will be wow. there ready to cheer you on. Uh, we might get a few, we might get a few uh, more views than that. You. Remind everyone to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, review us on yes. Apple Podcast. And uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thanks a lot. Thank Dad, you very much, guys. I appreciate your time and hopefully we'll stay in touch.
New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.